0: This is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Alicia, and welcome back to the Eating Me podcast. I am so excited you are here. And I'm definitely excited because Michelle Lau is back on the podcast. For those of you all who didn't hear episode 18, Take the time to listen to that episode because Michelle breaks down how emotional eaters may be avoiding certain triggers that are happening in their life that would cause them to emotionally eat. So Listen to that podcast, learn some things, especially if you are an emotional eater or if you know someone that's an emotional eater, share that podcast episode with them because there's some amazing information that Michelle provides in that episode. It was such a blessing to have her on the podcast to share that information and I'm just as excited to have her back this week because this week she is sharing with us how somatic therapy can help the emotional eater through their journey as well. So I can't wait for you all to hear this week's podcast episode. But for those that don't know who Michelle is, Michelle is a certified holistic nutritionist and trauma-informed transformational coach. She is also the founder of the Emotional Eating Revolution program. She helps women resolve their emotional eating from the root so they can feel confident in their body and around food. Michelle has dealt with emotional eating herself, and so she has taken her struggles and has created a three-phase method to resolve emotional eating so people can feel free, confident, and at ease in their bodies and around food in a sustainable way. I am so excited, like I said, for y'all to hear this podcast episode. I love Michelle's energy, and I know you're going to love it as well. So without further ado, please welcome Michelle Lau. I am here with Michelle Lau. I'm so excited you are back on the Eating Me podcast because this week, I well, actually, when you were here the last time, we were talking about, or you mentioned somatic, is it somatic therapy? Is, it, is That's the actual title for it?
1: So what I do, what I call them are somatic meditations with psychotherapy tools.
0: Right. And this is work for the body, right? Yeah. Right. So it's basically like a a mental health component as well, right? Is that all connected or am I making this Like how it
1: plays into like the emotional eating sort of resolution like when I work with clients.
2: Uh Um
1: so the somatic work, that's where we like get into the pattern, sort of like the emotions that are or what's being triggered, you know. So we have like triggers usually when we're we're emotionally eating, something triggered us. So we Mm -hmm. I use them to access that trigger to go deeper into what's really going on and get into the root. And um the root is in the body. So somatically, we're looking for the root of whatever emotion was triggered. And so I have different prompts and we resource the body to really find that emotion because what's happening, um, I'll sort of explain like, so in emotional eating, it's a coping mechanism, right? Right. So it's when we use food to soothe ourselves from from any discomfort, stress, or uncomfortable emotions. This usually Mm -hmm. happens in childhood because we weren't modeled how to, be with our emotions um, by our caregivers so they weren't able to like help regulate us um, hold space for us to move through that discomfort to help us understand what emotions meant because emotions are messengers and so when you're very young let's say maybe under the age of seven like we're very sensory so we're our body is picking up sensations all around us that they translate into like you know I did this thing that didn't feel good, let me move away. So the emotions are kind of guiding us and telling us where we should go and shouldn't go. If someone hurts us, um, we feel that we feel that emotion. And it's giving us information or someone crosses a boundary we might feel anger. So you know, or trying to have autonomy when kids are having going through that tantrum stage it's like they're developing boundaries for themselves what feels good so emotions tell us what feels good and what doesn't feel good i mean there's the whole spectrum from you know deep sadness to like joy and and bliss and all of this and they're giving us information um when we are not able to actually be with them and move through them so we they're meant to flow through us Mm. because they're information and when they flow through us and we allow them we can almost hear what they're saying to us. But when we're very young, if we're feeling those uncomfortable emotions, we need our parents there developmentally to hold that space for us to allow us to move through it. But what usually happens is that parents or caregivers they don't know how to do this. They either shame you, they they belittle you, criticize you, ignore you. Um, or you just kind of see like, no, I shouldn't be this way. You know, sometimes it's like children should be seen and not heard. That's like the old school way. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't mean you don't feel emotions. It just gets trapped because there's no allowing. So there's no one there holding that space for you to feel it and move through it and learn how to understand it and so you're feeling it and it's uncomfortable in your body and it's not like in that moment you're like I'm gonna go get five bags of chips you're (laughs) like I'm feeling uncomfortable what do I do with this okay um and over time you know what I, I, I feel happens is that when we're very young, love and food are really connected. You're br- being breastfed. You're close to a your parent. You're getting that love and acceptance. And in those moments where you're feeling those, you know, uncomfortable emotions, we need that acceptance and that validation and being seen and heard and understood the most. Right. We don't get it. Well, something's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm holding this in. And because those emotions were not processed and integrated, they remain in the body. And so then different events, they get re-triggered. And we learn like we have to cope. We're not resolving it. We're not understanding it. We have to cope. So for emotional eaters like us, we go to food. right?
2: Right.
1: Because food physiologically, um, when you eat it, Yes, there's a connection to love, but it also gives your body that endorphin rush, you know, Mm -hmm. and especially processed foods are going to give you a bigger sort of like, like dopamine hit. And so this pattern becomes really automatic. So you don't even realize you're feeling an emotion, your brain just says eat. So that's sometimes when you're so unconscious, because it's so ingrained this coping mechanism now, right? And so you're just seeing yourself like out of control with food, out of control. Maybe not even knowing where the trigger came from. You might just say, "I have so much stress in my life," but it's like you can't pinpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not you're not moving through life like emotion or event by event. Like your your sen- sensitivity to it is kind of lost because you're using this coping mechanism to numb it out. Right. And so those emotions that whatever happened to you those emotions become trapped because it's an unresolved event until there's resolution. You can't sort of release and move through it. Mm -hmm. And so what the somatic meditations do, those emotions are, are now because they're unresolved, you feel unresolved. It's a trauma. Mm -hmm. And so it lives in the body. Our body uh, remembers everything. Right. And so that takes up space in the body. Um, And as children, I'll sort of give you a little brain science. So when (laughs) when we're that young, we are meant to be able to move through our emotions, because it helps develop our prefrontal cortex, it's feeding information into that maturing it. And the prefrontal cortex is still maturing into our early 20s. And so the more we stuff emotions the more we hold it in and told to do that we lack that development. And so we have less logic and less sort of like that, what the prefrontal cortex is meant to do sort of have give us that rationale. And so we're actually, you know, when we're told, like, don't be emotional, be more logical and rational, we're actually stunting that for ourselves by holding it in, because we don't understand emotions and their role. And um, yeah, we're just sort of numbing out, it's taking up space in our system. And it also makes us lack empathy and compassion, because we don't, we're not modeled that also, like we're sort right. of like cutting down our own emotions. And what I see with clients is that when we move through this process, they actually when they have kids, they actually recognize how they could have been better parents, they were like in survival mode parenting, just modeling yes. after their own parents, now doing it to their kids, and sort of repeating the pattern, maybe their kids have a different coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I work with clients, and we, we get into the actual route, and so I have different prompts, and we can go back. I try to go back as early as possible to that original event and we, you know, we're resourced, we're moving through and processing. I am intuitively also guiding them what they need in that process to resolve it. And then it's almost like your brain will like, be like, this is what I needed. Like intuitively, Mm -hmm. like internally, you'll know this is what I needed. Um, these are the next steps for me and that's in that, that clear space. Um, and it's no longer about the food. You actually see what's really under there. So I don't know if that helps with explaining yes. what what that is, but then that's just one part of the program. That's sort of the deeper right. place. Yeah.
0: No, that is, that is wild. Like, I was just sitting here. It's like so many things are, like, just popping into my head as you were saying that, and it was interesting yeah. when you brought up the whole idea of, like, our, how parents, for the most part, are in survival mode. And so... Even though during that time when, you know, they were probably children and they were raised in the way they were, then that then trickles down to, you know, now us being raised by the parents. I remembered when I was, you know, a kid, you know, my parents would say stuff like, you know, oh, if I was upset, it's like, like you said, like, get over it kind of thing, or I'll give you something to be upset about, right? So basically, like, you're being punished for having emotions. Yeah, threatening that to me is like so wild because I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Like in terms of like, you know, you, you shut it down like because yeah. and with me growing up, a lot of times it was if I was emotional or whatever the situation was, it was like, we don't have time to be emotional. Yeah. We have this to do and this to do and this to do. So get because literally, my mom would say, "Get your cry out." And now we have to go and do this, this, and this. And there wasn't mm-hmm. a time, like you said, to hold space for that child to really, you know, understand why these emotions are coming up and how we can work through them. But at the same time, I'm thinking, did my mom even have the tools? You know, like mm-hmm. clearly she didn't. Yeah, she really didn't know that that was something that she was supposed to do. So yeah. like. All that to say, like, so when that is happening in this whole somatic um actual therapy, are there times where you talk through, like, how to, like, maneuver that for parents in terms of, like, how they can move forward in holding space for their own children? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I know <laughs> for me, that was something that I would have never even known that you would do for a child. Yeah. Like you said before, children, when I was growing up too, children were seen and not heard and yeah. that and knew that it's like get somewhere and sit down like <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah so i'm i think what happened it's like yeah most of our parents were probably in survival and they didn't have the tools and they didn't have this and then also part of me was like i wouldn't have known this as a child but i would have felt like i'm very sensitive and so it I uh, that sensitivity served me later on, because I was in more pain. So I needed to find solutions. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we're in survival, we were like, we don't have time for this. But the reality, like in our day and age, if we don't make the time, it becomes even more time we take because like I have an eight year old, I've done this with him. And the, you know, there are even different places that say if you actually feel through an emotion, it takes like 90 seconds, like if you're real, in real time, like moving through something, it doesn't take a lot of time. It's not like we think it's maybe hours and hours and days and days. And that's because we have so much resistance. We have Uh so much, like something is wrong with us so much judgment. And when we have that for so many years, it all builds up in our system. So when we start doing more of this work, it might feel like, Oh, my God, I have so much, but it eventually it's just a daily, it's like clearing, it's like taking a shower. (laughs) Like it's like, it's like checking in with yourself with um, your emotions to understand what's going right or wrong in your, in your day. Um, And so I think, I, I wasn't sure like, if your question was like, what do we do now? Like, like as parents, like moving forward, But what happens with clients when they move through the process with me, because you're going back and I'm, I'm there guiding. So right. I am holding that space. I am modeling this. I'm sharing like, as we go deeper, if they can't, you know, usually I, I allow clients to see what their capacity is in a situation to really see that younger part of themselves and to genuinely connect. Because I think when we're dropped in and really present, if you saw a child and you were really present, you would want to hold space for them. You would want, you would see their opinion, you would understand it, you would have empathy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this process, we're slowing it down so that they're not in survival mode. I'm, I'm trying to get them into a more calmer state, more of their higher self, so that they are almost like reparenting themselves and I'm guiding them if I notice there's more of that critical voice coming out. And so we're really, it becomes really clear and apparent. And when you touch in with a child at that level, I don't think you can ever unsee that or unfeel that. Mm. And your brain is so powerful. It will start flashing to you probably the moments you haven't been that way. So it's not like a cognitive, it's like, it's like almost like upgrading your system because now you've integrated the emotion. You're like, brain is like, oh, this wasn't the right step in that moment. Right. And you feel that deeper, the more you can feel that deeper compassion for yourself and that empathy, that's how you see it for others. You can't see it for others to that depth unless you've done that deeper work. And of course, we're all like in this journey and it's ongoing. But the more you commit to that, like I have moments where, you know, I'll, I'll yell or say something to my son, but I'm quicker to be like, oh, he only has me. I'm his rock. Like how can I isolate him and separate him? And I tell him that, and I always tell him, I always love you no matter what. And I go back, I explain, um, and we work through it. But I feel like that isolation of like, he's a little boy. He he has to depend on me. How can I separate him? How can I push him? And, you know, he doesn't have, like, he can't go out there and live on his own. He can't. He can't resource himself. Like he's pretty good because I've taught him a lot of things, but, and that's what, you know, that's to gear him up for the world, but he needs that solid um, connection with me and know that I'm always going to be there to hold that space. Right. And um, I, I see that with clients. It's like having that more compassion. Cause we have this idealistic view of like, I want to have compassion. I want to have empathy, but when you feel it, and you see it it's like that's how you're going to operate in the world it's going to be more apparent i don't it's a it's a felt sense it's kind of hard to like i'm trying to cognitively explain yeah. it but that's how it feels yeah
0: thank you for explaining it that way because i that's literally how i was uh, thinking it through thinking that it was more of a cognitive type of thing as opposed to you kind of like really trying to gauge and be intuitive about that approach and i think honestly now that you're saying that i think that's the that would be the best way to do that because because cognitively we're thinking okay these are the steps right now follow these steps and it's going to be a-okay because michelle said these are the steps and this is how this goes right and i think that also uh, kind of rings true for people in general like we're always trying to follow these steps and i think that is for me at least, I don't want to throw this on everybody, but (laughs) for me at least, I'm finding like, you know, as you continue to live and see things, it's like these steps that we're all following, they all don't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah. No? So it's like, how can I then move forward with myself? But like you said, it's that inner work for ourselves and that then, you know, we can lead, lead with compassion for others because I think, when we have all these steps and we see other people not following the steps or we're not following the steps, we're so critical, whether it's ourselves, yeah. or you yeah. should have done blah, 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 because yeah. that's me. Be, yeah. you know?
1: So this is like, I think the first thing that popped into my mind is that we always think like it's this or that. And I, yes. I always say it's structure and flow. So my program hmm. is a step-by-step process, but you're always checking in with yourself. There's a flow to it. So um, I don't, You know, in terms of energy, there's masculine and feminine energy, there's structure, there's flow, we need both. Sometimes it's like, I'm so intuitive, I'm floating around town. I'm so structured, step by step, tell me the thing. It's like a combination of the two. And if we even go back to that example of the child and holding space, the parent is the structure that Mm. the child can flow, the emotions are the flow. And so now if we didn't have that model test, when we're younger, we have to create that for ourselves as adults to be functioning, we need to have that sort of flexibility. So we become the container to our flow, our emotions, what's going on that in our child. And so when I'm, I'm working with clients and I'm holding the space, but I want to, I teach them, they have recorded meditations to now hold that space for themselves. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's like so extreme. Someone will say like externally, this is what you should be doing. And these are the steps, but how do they work for you? So when you take a step, what I like to do is, um, do you have resistance to the step? Um, how do you feel about the step? have you experimented with the step does it feel good for you so kind of experiment like i have a background in biology like in science so it's like i love it's like experiment with the step how does it feel and then notice what resistance is coming up for you is it actually like this doesn't work for you or is it like resistance like I just want to do it the way I've always done it because I'm right in doing it that way. Right. So that's where we have to look at the limiting beliefs. Is it actually your true inner knowing like emotions or is it a limiting belief? So in those emotions, this is where it gets a bit complex as you get older. Right. Um, It's almost like that voice that told us don't feel the emotions is holding the emotions captive. And right. so now we have these two opposing voices sometimes in our head that is like, we want to do something, but that voice comes in, which is most likely modeled after our parents and caregivers limiting us. Mm. So now we have to go explore, is this what we consciously want for our ourselves? And so when we um, are so in that voice of everybody outside of us knows better, which is also cultivated usually in childhood where our parents always know best they're not asking our opinion they're not moving, they're not like guiding us into knowing our intuition, knowing our emotions, honoring that maybe we're more sensitive than they are like differentiating, understanding there are differences in others like trying to see things from a different perspective, we fall into just tell me what to do I don't know who I am, tell me what to do and so we need a so what I, you know, I get conflicted with this, because my program is a structure, but it's a flow, because I'm always asking, you know, it's a structure to tune into you, like feel into you. So you need a structure. It's almost like reparenting, I would say, like, if Mm -hmm. I really were, it's like, how to be your own best mother. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know if people even recognize like what's going on there. But it's that structure and actually as like a mother you're holding a structure for your child
2: right for
1: them to flow they're very flowy they're developing they don't have a structure they're modeling after you so it's like we need both and and it's a it's a relearning so yeah we need both I I think like yeah sometimes it's like we want the quick fix we want the person to tell us but we also have to find someone telling us how to tune into us too. Like what will work for us? Like, yes, give her, give us a structure. What's going to work for us. And I mean, as humans, we have a general path. Like I see patterns in my work. Like I'm constantly seeing patterns, Um, but everyone's a little bit different and it's a little bit nuanced and it's learning that and understanding that about yourself. I don't know if that helps understand, like, you know, we want that structure. We need both.
0: Right. No, thank you. That that was amazing. I don't know if you heard me. I was just like, wow, oh my gosh, yeah, like because like I'm as you were saying those things was like one of the words that kept popping in my head was fear, fear, fear. Because I think once you're doing this type of work, where you're really looking inside yourself and and really asking yourself, what do I really want? What is really working for Alicia? What do I need in order to move forward and really, you know, manage what's been happening to me for so long with this emotional eating um, and just address it as opposed to, you said, always look into your parent or whoever, I don't know, show me. It's like, I do, but I'm afraid to really, you know, take my own advice, quote unquote, right? And just flow with it. Yeah. Um, Because I've never had the opportunity no one's really asked me. Like, I, I'm still living, like, I, people, yeah, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people think this way. I still think of myself as like a teenager <laughs> until I see a teenager and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm old. Like, it's, it's, uh-huh. you know, like, I still feel that I'm that, still that little girl who's just like, can someone just tell me what to do? Like, real talk, like, I, I, I make decisions, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm 40, what, 44 now? I, mean, I'm, I hope I'm making decisions. Let's be serious, but like, at the end of the day, it, I truly who I am. This is me, full stop. I'd rather someone just tell me, so I don't have to then go within myself because then it's like if I have to, then it's like, should I do this? Should I, and then it's like I'm. It's this back and forth, and it's like Alicia, you really don't know what you're talking about. Like so, it's like you just tell me, so I don't have to have this internal struggle. Please and thank you, and it's like I guess more. I, I didn't really so many people thought that way. This is I'm I'm mind blown right now. You know, yeah.
1: Well, I think it's also like, the clearer you are, and the more you do this work, you can choose people that are going to actually see you and guide you in the best way. So it's like, you can put your trust in them. And you're not like blindly like, save me. Like you, right. you can like, in real time, be like, almost like working with them, and they're like guiding mm. you back to you. So it's like, they're seeing you, they might, you know, a lot of the times with clients, I'm seeing more than maybe they're seeing because they're still like in the survival mode. They're, they still have that critical voice. They still are in that, they're sort of subscribed to that outside voice knowing better or like, who am I? Like not fully getting in touch with their own internal guidance. Mm-hmm. And so we sometimes need that tweaking someone to kind of see, but we need to, the better, the clearer we are, and what this is what I've noticed in my work, the better we're going to discern those people we can like take in that advice from. You know, right. we're gonna choose better mentors or guides, or we're we're gonna we're we're gonna see like yeah, that's gonna work for me, or I like that style better, or like yes, what she's saying is making sense. It's gonna be like yes, this is my next level. Like you know, right, I'm right. I'm being guided to this. This is my next evolutionary step or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it it all like circles in. So it's like yes, you know, and. You know, I had mentorship too. Like to do this deeper work, like I understood it, but I had when I experienced it with my mentor. Like part of me was like, "Yeah, I did it. I wouldn't have known to do those quite those things." Right. It's and it's almost like getting that re-parenting that that we wouldn't developmentally we needed. So it's like right. yes, to a degree we know, but we also depend on our parents. We we have that relationship with them we need to learn certain things too. So it's like having, yeah, it's an interesting place to, like I, I as I say it, it's like we really do depend on our parents and we need that. And sometimes we don't get it. And can we almost with whatever capacity we have find those people that can help us like develop those skills too.
0: Wow. Yeah. And it, I mean, I, I will say that I have been blessed in my life to have a lot of people that have, like I like mentored me and guided me to where I am now I mean I think about just where I could have been you know if I didn't have these people in my life and I I, I know that in the, the day I have like pretty good discernment about like who is whatever and I've always and it, it, that's always been a part of me there's still that inner child that's kind of like could someone just kind of like guide me yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like no work. no yeah yeah <laughs> for sure i i think
1: i was like as you're saying that i was i was thinking specifically even for me because i did so much inner work and it wasn't and i was almost like doing this process but like to learn from my mentor like like kind of put click the pieces in together of how right. this work and i mean I with my son i see it like it's so obvious like right. in um but it's just so interesting it's I don't know. I I just find it's like interesting We're we're almost like guided because like, yeah, if I was, I don't know how, how I ended up here. It's like you, we have natural gifts and like Mm -hmm. intelligence and talents and some of those things can't ever be like squashed out and they keep guiding us. And we do have that capacity to the next step and to get there, but there's also like a, a blind spot too, as well. And so like, we're being led to the next mentor and we're learning and maybe, you know, I don't know how it's like, we're kind of set ourselves up. Maybe we chose it or however it is, but we get to that step. And um, sometimes we're like, I wish I knew this before, but maybe you're meant to learn it, to teach it or At, to guide all of that.
0: Yeah. Right. No, it's so funny. I was wondering, cause I was thinking when people come to this work, do, are, are they, like, how long does it take for them? Or maybe it's, an, maybe it's initially that they're like, okay, my body is, the, the gatekeeper to all of this you know all these different traumatic things that have happened in my life which by the way is why I am doing what I'm doing in terms of emotional eating or whatever that looks like this is that something that's initially kind of like recognized by people or is that something that happens along the journey you know I you know,
1: think I think it's for the clients that I've had it's like they might hear like yeah i've had trauma but they're like their main focus is like i emotionally eat and i feel out of control like that's the main thing yeah. the obsessive thoughts the like constant thoughts about body about weight about i feel out of control like this is taking over my life mm. and it's not like those dots start connecting as we work through the program because i can see those dots sort of connecting and as they move through the process they start seeing the dots connecting it's almost right. like You know, you have a little snowball and that's where it started and it's rolling down the hill. And now it's like this giant out of control thing. And you're like, you can't not look at it. Right. And so I'm, you know, that's the spot clients are in because now the emotional eating is this, this huge symptom. Like it's not the problem. It's the symptom of all the other things. And so now we go back and start unpeeling and looking at, you know, these different layers of like where it started. Um, so you start understanding your, your own pattern and seeing like, you know, a lot of times clients have had this for decades. It's not like yesterday. Sometimes it is, Oh, I started the last few years, but they had a different addictive pattern. Mm-hmm. So they're dealing with, it with a different way. And so they just kind of transfer and they never got to the root. And so it's, it is really like kind of seeing it and, you know, yeah, that's sort of like how it looks. It's it's like, it's kind of on the surface. We're always looking at right. the symptom, not it's like the iceberg. There's so much under the surface. Under the
0: surface, right.
2: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I, I'm assuming most people, I mean, I I think everyone has had some type, some type of traumatic event. I mean, we've yeah. all, like, yeah. unless you were like somewhere under a rock, we all dealt with COVID. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's trauma, done, yeah. right? Like, yeah. But in terms of like, people who've had consistent trauma in their life, right? Like it's like one thing, I know people like that. I mean, I've been in situations where I, at one point in my life, I felt like, you know, I mean, what, what's next? Bring it on because it seems like, you know, like, but for people who finally get to a point where they're just like coasting and not realizing that all these traumatic things that have happened in their life are affecting how they operate, how, how, how do they get to a point where they acknowledge that a lot of the behaviors they have are by way of trauma? Yeah. Like how how does that then manifest for them to like really recognize it? Or is that something that just has to have, they have to come to terms with that? Because I feel like I know a lot of people who have a lot of traumatic things that have happened, but they don't bring it all together and say, oh, the reason why these things are happening to me is because I've been dealing with all these traumatic events in my life and I can't break free of it because I've not addressed it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, I
1: think it's sort of like multifold in the sense that if I, so when I work with clients, I look at their whole health history and like their relationship to food and big events in their lives. And I can kind of see like, okay, I see like a pattern, like I can kind of see there's a pattern, but I could say that to them and then it might be like, no, I got over that. I went to therapy. I did this. Like, I'm fine. Right. And so when we – the amazing thing with the somatic sessions is that you're you're going to get a different perspective of that story because it's now we're actually – we're not just talking about it. So mm. this is the thing. Talking and cognitive therapy is like a lot of awareness. That's a story. And I don't know the deeper roots and how, how that story was created. And then when we get into the body and we start actually getting into the deeper past the like, what's the protection? What's the what's the thing you created when this happened? What's not allowing to be like what emotion is there? Like what was missing? What are what's that deeper thing being held in? that's where we um, start putting the pieces together. Because it's almost like when I'm guiding clients, it could be a surface issue happening. And I'm like, we kind of go like, what's the next, the, t- the time you felt that like, what's the most, you know, we kind of keep going into like, you can start seeing the pattern in your life, the times you've felt that way. Mm-hmm. And there there's always like, we try to get closest to the seed, the root of the first mm-hmm. time, because that first time you felt that way, you're probably really young. And Because you weren't modeled how to move through this and how to deal with it, you know, when you're like a four-year-old, you decide I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Does that serve a 44-year-old? Probably not. And But you won't recognize that until you get back to the root and you start looking at what did you actually need? Because you're coping. Your needs weren't, your true needs weren't met. And so when we meet those true needs, it's a different outlook on life. Like, how have I been living life in the survival way? Because it's a survival response when you're, you're that young. And right. how do I shift it? So I'm in a thriving way, like if I had the, the, the parents and the needs and the, the allowance of like flow and emotions, how would I have dealt with this situation differently? And right. you know, we have this whole spectrum of trauma, it could be big T to little t. Um, but if we had the resolution, it doesn't have to keep retraumatizing us. It's because we're we keep dealing with a similar situation in the same way, which is coping, that every time it happens, we're just coping and coping right. and coping, we're not resolving and having a solution. And creating a new way forward and not empowering ourselves so we're still in that loop and so when the snowball gets really big it's like we can't not look at it but it's funny when we go back to that route it's almost like so simple what we needed but it's wow. just like it's a snowball it becomes out of control and then we're afraid to look at it where you know we don't want to do it we're avoiding because because that younger you would have been a af- it would you couldn't have felt it you you if you're ashamed or belittled or even ignored or just holding that it's a painful like what are you going to do with it and right. so we still have that fear and it's not until it becomes so painful that we can like be like we need help or, or whatever it is and I, I don't even want to say it has become so painful because I want people to recognize this so much sooner because um then there's just more I don't want to say like clean up. There might just be more things happening in your life. You look back and you're like, whoa. And I've been there too. Like, right, you right. know, it's, it's like, whoa, there was so much going on. And I wish I had the tools to like navigate. Um, so yeah. So if you're seeing your emotional eating, like dive into it as soon as possible because right. there is so much growth there and shifting from survival to thriving if you can get into the deeper roots
0: hope that makes sense. <laughs> no that makes total sense. And as you were saying, it's like, "Oh gosh, I remember when you were saying, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are dealing with a lot of emotional eating or just trauma in general, we are surviving and not thriving." And I love that because it's like so so many of us were brought up in this idea of if you're, you know, surviving and you're on the struggle and you you're a part of the struggle and yeah. you know that's going to get you to where you need to be and it's like No, if you stay in this mindset, you're just going to be struggling until it's time to piece out of this place, you know, so it's like, that idea of thriving. I love that because it just, for me, I just feel this sense of like freedom. And I think more people are looking for that just to feel free from all of this struggle. Like, yeah. We're constantly, it's just like, this, it feels like it's like a constant spiral of just struggle, 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 as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, rising above it. Like recognize yeah, it, yeah. there was struggle, but I don't have to live in that, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and it's even, oh, sorry. No, can no, no, no. yeah. I was just saying, as you're saying that so survival and thriving, it's like, so our nervous system can, two main modes. I mean, there's a, another one too. It's, um, we can be in fight or flight or rest and digest. And our body, when we're in survival, we're in fight or flight. And when we're in thriving, we're rest and digest. And Mm -hmm. so if you notice, even in a thriving mode, your body is in a state where it is digesting well, it's able to rest, it's going to be in its healthy. Mm. Um, You're going to be clear, you're going to be calmer, you're going to be centered, you're going to make clear decisions. When you're in survival mode, and I think what our culture is, it's like that hustle and that survival. Like I, I feel like you can be ambitious. And you can have um, motivation, but you don't have to be, like, surviving and, like, gritting and gripping because, um, oh, there was this amazing meme. It's almost like a rowboat. And one is rowing left and when it... Like, you're on the same rowboat and some people are rowing left and some people are rowing right. And that's what's happening. You're, like, stuck. Mm. And so you want all of you rowing in the same direction. And so... You know, where I'm sort of going with this is your nervous system, if you're clear and in your in that rest and digest, you're going to make that clearer decision. It's going to be more powerful when you're in survival. It's like you're fighting yourself. You're fighting the world. You're in that rowboat going in two directions. It's going to be really hard to make forward movement. Mm -hmm. And so when you do the deeper work and you get you're not coping anymore, you're you're in a calmer state. You're going to have that clarity to make the next step. That's so powerful. But yeah. when you're in survival mode, you're going to make a decision that's not going to be maybe the best. And then you're going to have to make it like you're constantly like, uh, uh, uh. like, it's not right. clear. Um, there's more resistance. So that's how I sort of see it with being in survival mode. And I know like most of us, it's like survival of, you know, where, where our parents, it's just like, I need to like work. I need to do the thing because they weren't get- given the tools, and we're not taught this in our society, which might make us question why we're not taught this in our society, why yeah. we're, we're shoved into survival mode, and, you know, we're striving, uh, we, we're not taught this, because as a human, we're not meant to be in survival mode and stress mode 90% of the time, it's the opposite. So if you think back to Um, evolutionarily, like we would be chased, if we're like out hunting, most of the time, we're in a calm state, like our nervous system, our body needs to be in a calm state. That's how we remain healthy. And so if like, biologically, that's where we're meant to be, our lifestyle should reflect that. And the way we deal with things should reflect that. But why is our society and our lifestyle reflecting the opposite, so that we're in survival mode, we're not making clear decisions, we're not moving forward, we're not thriving. So these are some questions you know, to ask yourself and where do you want to be? So it's taking your power back when you notice your coping mechanisms, like I'm going to take my power back. I'm going to go back and do this work that somehow it's not new. Like it's not yesterday we learned about this. This is people, people are aware of this, but we have right. just kind of society has gone in this way because when you're in survival mode, um, you know, you're just like in the grind. You, you don't have right. ambitions. You're not growing bigger. You're not like out there.
0: No, that, and then it's so true. It's just like, and I think for me, it's that unlearning, right? Because I thought this was the way to do things and, and people that were more relaxed and calm and that take breaks and just some days don't do anything. In my mind, I always equated that as someone just lazy and not trying to do anything with their life. And it's like, okay, but Alicia, that's like one day, like calm down. Like you, you, <laughs> And, and for myself too, it's like, give yourself that time to just do nothing. And I try, trust me, I try so hard to like not do nothing, but something will happen. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to go do this, this, this. And it's just like, yeah. why? Why do you have to do this right now? Why can't this day, but it's just, it's just a part of the fabric. I, I And I'm still learning how to just relax.
1: Yeah. If we did deeper work in a somatic session, I would get in touch with that part of you that's like um, punishing you for for resting. And we would have to almost like integrate them, like get them on the same page so that you could move forward and rest without feeling guilty. Right. So it's an internal struggle you're going through. It's an internal tug of war because it's like two parts of you. So there might right. be like uh, a part of you that's like authentically needs to rest, and then that parent voice comes in and says like, "No, you're lazy. Like you just said it, you're lazy. Yeah. You have no ambitions. Who are you? Blah." But like when you go deeper and you actually feel into your body, you're gonna find where that sweet spot is for you because you're gonna get both parts of you on board, and that right. part that's really critical, giving it a new way of looking and and almost like getting. It's like when you have a relationship dispute you want to get two people on the same page you want to win win so it's like that right. internal um resolution but but it's deeper in your body it's your subconscious so um when i work with yeah, clients that's where we're getting to, to to resolve some of the resistance as well um right. and sometimes it's resistance around feeling emotions some resistance to like letting go or resting, like. You think if you're busy, you're more successful, you're more yeah. worthy, you, you have more value. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, you would have to go deeper and figure out what is like the truth for you. And that's inside mm. of you and at that deeper level. Um, we're just talking right now. So it's not in that deeper level. So um, these are just things to ponder. It might filter down. But right. I'm just telling you that's internally when we're like, I want, when we're like this. Inside uh-huh. of us, there's two opposing parts. It's that right. rowboat that's not giving us a clear, straightforward. So we're gonna be like,
2: eh, eh, eh.
0: right? And yeah. that's you know, listen. Trust me, I receive all this information, and I'm grateful because i was just like, this is me. I am the rowboat. I'm just like, should we? Oh no, back and forth, yeah. back and forth. You yeah. know, so I no, I I appreciate that. So trust me, like, yeah, I, I'm having a whole session here. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I mean like. like the way we move forward is like we need alignment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alignment is one direction, not two right. directions. Mm. And so how do we get us on board, both parts of us, to be in alignment with where, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, your higher self, your soul, like your, right. your desire is wanting to go in. Right. So one of those voices, like maybe your desire is to rest, but one of those voices is getting in the way. And it's like, it's not necessarily authentic to you because it's something maybe you inherited from your culture, upbringing parents.
2: Right. And how
1: do you look at that to say, um, see some value in it and make a decision, like internally. So this is literally like an internal conversation and working through different things. But the... The deeper voice, you know, like what is your authentic voice? What is your authentic like need? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how it will give you that alignment to move forward. And it gives you so much more presence. So when your mind is left, duh, 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 it's very busy and there's <laughs> right. no presence.
0: Right. And that you, I, I'm glad that you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but, no, 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 but no. I totally like that just hit me because that is me. I have to constantly like bring myself back to the present. Because even like if I'm in a situation, I'm like 20 steps ahead. I'm thinking about this, this, this and this because I I have to always be ahead of the game. I can't be in the moment because that means I'm behind. Mm. And it's so, you know it's so yeah. wild that that's I that idea of just being present, it's fearful in a way cuz it's like I won't be ready. Yeah. I will not be ready if I'm not thinking about prepa- you know that preparation. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's wild. Yeah.
1: So sometimes you know with these like parts of us, it's like there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's like right. giving you, it's like taking away from your life, then there's something to be looked at. Right. So it's like, maybe this is like the part that's really prepared. And so, but it needs a healthier way to do that. So maybe you don't need to be 20 steps ahead. You need to be three steps ahead Mm. and you need to kind of create like this new way where, and look at why it's unsafe to be present. Like what, what happens Mm. if you're just present? Right. Like what, what are you hiding an emotion? Are you hiding something that's uncomfortable? Like what is that deeper thing? Because that's the thing, you know, sometimes, and this is not what I teach to clients, but like, if you were to, you know, those meditations where you sit and you're just like watching your thoughts and you're just coming back and watching your thoughts Mm -hmm. and you start ignoring your thoughts and you're like, I'm here. Well, those thoughts are a result of some like unresolved trauma. And so if we don't go into them, especially if they're repetitively thought like you're obsessing with food and, and your body, We need to go use them because that's the story that's distracting us from the actual thing that's under the surface, that's in the body. And so that's how the mind tries to protect us. And so that's what I use it for with clients and for myself. And I don't need to sit there and try to be present. I am present because I resolve things. I'm clearing it out. I'm bringing resolution. And when you bring resolution, it's almost like, what happens in life, it's like you're a picture and you break into puzzle pieces each time there's a trauma. And when you resolve it, you bring a new piece back, you become more whole. You become you put the puzzle back together. It's not that you're broken. So I think we think we're broken, we need to be fixed. No, it's you're like a puzzle and we're putting each piece back together. And so mm. you become more whole and there's presence in that because all of the wholeness of you is on board. It's an alignment. When you have that argument, it's a piece of you that's still in resistance so Mm. how do we bring that peace in and it's like coming back into the whole and this is like the journey of wholeness and it's like every time a a piece comes up that trigger or that um, conversation that's opposing and we bring it in and we resolve it or do our best like we're working on that we become more whole because more you know we're one entity now we're becoming more and more clear and we go in a certain direction yeah
0: that was Like the best explanation ever, like seriously, because I feel like a lot of times that's like the default for people. I'm broken. Yeah. So deal with it. Like this is me. You know, as opposed to really trying to find ways to bring, like you said, bring all those pieces together just and know that you're not broken. It's just your pieces are scattered. You just got to bring them back together.
1: Yeah. And you have to fit. And it's like, it has to fit in a certain place. So that fitting in is like that resolution right it's had win-win it's that integration
0: i am like sitting here mind blown. like seriously like this is why i love talking to you because i always just feel like i'm learning more about myself like these are free thank you thank you for my free session michelle thank you so <laughs>
1: i haven't gotten to the root i'm just talking on the surface just, uh, the middle, it would be very like- different if we did a session but
0: Right, but I love that. So this then takes me into the whole session actual component. So when it, not that it's like step by step, you're going to tell us what. But what does that look like? Like just even just like initial like sessions. Like how does that actually look when someone is, you know, seeking services for you, yes. for this actual therapy with you?
1: Okay, so the sessions are part of my program, the Emotional Eating Evolution Program. So it's a twelve week right. program, and in it you get. So you get 12 weeks of support, but you get two of these private sessions. Mm -hmm. And like I was mentioning before, we need a structure to flow from. So it's not like, I know I'm emotional. Like I, I know how to eat, right? I know I'm working with you like step by step to like establish like a structure around how you're actually nourishing your body. So it's not the diet mentality, how to tune into like your body acceptance and Getting closer to your body because we're storing these emotions in our body and then into the actual um, emotions under it. So, through the program, the reason we're doing this, we're nourishing your body is to find those triggers because if we don't nourish ourselves well, that can also trigger us into binging just from a physiological level. So, Mm -hmm. we're finding the trigger, and let's say you found the trigger in the program. we bring we sort of talk a little bit about the trigger and you might notice you might have some insights and sometimes clients come in and they think like i had this traumatic event and this and they think this is the root mm. but when we actually go into the process so i first start off by really resourcing like i guide you through resourcing your body so knowing resourcing means like your your nervous system is in rest and digest it's in a right. calm state and in your calm state you're your most clear and like you know, compassionate, loving, like that's ideally what's happening versus survival state. And then in the body, I can access where are you holding that trigger or that unresolved event and the body will like show me and we all start right. exploring that area. Um, you know, what's it's all of it's all about, we start noticing the sensations, what emotions are there. Um, and as we get into it, sometimes a story emerges or I ask sometimes for an age. I, I ask different questions depending on the client so mm-hmm. that the questions are there um, to be with what's going on and to go back to the earliest time. And then we're really, we're really um, exploring what happened, what was needed, um, if there's space, if we need to move through an emotion, um, if we need to grieve, like what does that really look like? and I'm working with your body. So I can tell by your body um, what's being held, what protection is coming up. And sometimes there's like another layer. So we're really working with that situation. It's essentially to bring resolution to an event that happened. um, And also to really like see, hear and understand you and, and to almost like model that to you, like give that compassion because the reason that is stuck is because it wasn't given. And we, that's sort of almost like an initial step is sometimes we have like a protective layer. um, So we have to work through that. Sometimes there's a few parts and then we resolve that. And there's a lot of like insight with it of what you needed. And it's almost like a light bulb usually goes off in clients heads. Like, Oh, it's not about the food. It's not Mm. about my body. It's like, I've been doing this to get this but it's not about that and when you actually give yourself what you needed on this like somatic emotional level it's like whoa what have I been chasing wow and so there's like an unraveling and sometimes I walk clients through like a timeline of if they had this through their life how would their life shift like it just Mm -hmm. depends intuitively like where they're at some Clients need more um, to understand their inner child because they're not parents themselves. They don't, they kind of don't get the developmental um, or cognitive level of a child. Um, They might have that strict parenting, like, you know, I shouldn't feel like that. It's like, no, developmentally, like I explained this in the session, depending on what level of understanding they're at of like a child needs this. And that opens them up a bit to like now give that to that that younger part of themselves and to understand themselves. Um, and so from that, it's like that allows an integration because it's like the child is almost like a puzzle piece right. or a part of you. And now you bring it in and whatever was like in that puzzle piece adds to the picture of you, like mm. the essence of you. So maybe that child had like – you know, once we give it its needs, it also has like gifts and qualities you can add in, or even you just feel physiologically a state of calm in your body, right. of like joy or happiness. Like I've had clients say, "I feel whole," even like wow. they feel, they feel these sensations in their body, and they they it's like you just know it. It's like different for each person right. how how you're gonna integrate it, and then usually from there to apply it in real life. Now that, you know, we're not chasing the body or maybe the food to cover up. How do we deal with life in a powerful way? How do we actually healthily move forward? So now it's not about the food. It might just drop off. You don't binge eat because Mm -hmm. it's not about the binging. It was about like, I didn't feel loved and I was just stuffing it with the food or, um, you know, whatever, or I didn't feel accepted. And so I'm like, pu- punish- I think I have to punish myself to have a certain body. Because once I was told wow. if I looked a certain way, yeah, I got to push myself at the gym, because I need that body. But it's like, no, I really needed acceptance. Mm. And when I get that need met, me as me, I want to feel strong in my body. So I'm going to go to the gym and feel like at ease about it. I'm going to feel right. strong and powerful. And I'm like, I have, I'm, I'm motivated. I'm like, Energized by that, not by, yeah, when I get that body, finally someone's going to accept me. I'm going to get, you know, oh. deeper that acceptance or that love or that it's not of a genuine being in the body. Um, right. And that is punishing when we're, we're we're chasing it. It's not about our body. It's about chasing something to get something from someone else. But when we wow. give it to ourselves, then it's like, oh, what do, does my body need? What is my yeah. body telling me I need? I have more energy now because I cleared that up. I actually want right. to go to the gym more. I want to be stronger. I, right. I feel right. good when I lift things. I feel I feel good when I don't have, you know, I'm not I'm not tired at the end of the day. I love this. I know when I do a workout, I feel empowered. Like I love that feeling. It has nothing to do with anyone. It has, you know, and it it doesn't. It can also be like, yeah, I want to have like really strong arms or, you know, but there's a sense of feeling at ease in your body. It's a sense of this is authentic to me. This is my healthy. This is who I am. And it does, when you have that, it doesn't matter. Like you Mm. exude that and your body's going to shift to that direction. It's not a chasing. It's like an internal, like, I feel good. And, you know, that acceptance, you're developing it internally. And your body will probably most likely change because now you're giving it this appreciation and this acceptance. It's not in stress mode and survival mode. It's not going to have poor digestion and chronic stress, which impacts our body physically, how it um, inflammatory conditions like disease, like issues, um, weight gain. We, we're now shifting our nervous system to actually a place where our body is going to probably get closer to what we're chasing, but right, we don't right. need that anymore. So don't use that as a motivation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to share that because then I, the motivation has to be true. Like it right. has to be a true sense. Um, Cause then you're still in that little bit of like, you know, and then you can use your body as a tool. So when things right. are imbalanced, what's the deeper emotional thing happening? What's the deeper thing happening to me that I'm stressed and, and maybe um, gaining weight or, or having like an inflammatory condition or, or having this ache or this pain, it's something deeper that our body's holding onto. So that's sort of like, it can go deeper into
0: that. Yeah. No, I, that is, that is amazing. First of all, and thank you for explaining that because for me, I think like you said, you you're realizing that a lot of this is just you you either need some type of acceptance or approval from someone, and I know that's a lot of what was going on with me, and what is going on with me is that needing that just to feel approve like approval from whatever or whoever, and yeah, and I, don't, yeah. I think might be a lot of what a, a lot of people are just they're just looking for that like yeah. you accept me this whole person, and it's yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like as children, like as children, our basic needs, I mean, it will be nuanced for each person, but we need to be seen, heard, validated, accepted, understood, like that full acceptance and that approval from our parents. And if we don't get it, it's a need. We're searching for it and we'll put other things on top of it, um, hoping that we'll finally get that love. Right. It, it's really basic. And when you start doing that for yourself, it's like, yeah, it's a bonus to have a healthy body. It's a bonus to ha- it, it becomes a bonus. Right. I, our society still is mostly in this survival state. As you said, we are all wounded and looking for this approval, whether it's in food or scrolling or surgery, whatever it is, when it's not from an aligned place, it is this deeper need of not feeling accepted and loved Mm -hmm. and validated and heard and seen. And we all have that. And it's just to recognize when it's coming up, how we're covering it up and we're not actually going into and, and getting into meeting those needs for ourselves. Right. Those deeper needs. Um, but we need, now that it's been so long, this is why we need these processes. Right. We, if, if our parents modeled this for us, we wouldn't be here talking about it. It's <laughs> like- <laughs> It's like my life would be like in my alignment. I'd be I'd be doing probably some, you know, I'd be doing probably similar things, you know, right. of my essence. But it would be a different journey to get there because right. I, you know, we're still integrating. Like, who am I authentically, and where is that leading me?
0: Oh my um, God. yeah. Now That oh my gosh, Michelle, I could talk to you literally all day long because you, there's always something. Like seriously, like just amazing information and it and you you present it in such a way that you can digest it you, does that make sense because sometimes mm-hmm, you hear I information so. and it's just how huh, would you say i hope so <laughs> no seriously because sometimes people share information and it's so intense and it, you just can't even process it and it's just like whoa 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 but yeah. when you when you share it even though it's a lot of information and it's you know kind of like punch you in the face type of info, you can still like take it in and be like, wow, yes, I do do that. Or yes, I do need to make these types of changes. So your gift is just, <laughs> seriously, it's beyond amazing. And I know I'm grateful that you're in the world mm-hmm. because like, this is like unreal. Oh,
2: thank you.
0: Inner so, work, validation, <laughs> accepted. <laughs> yes, receive it, please. Because I- Every time I talk to you, I just feel so good. I'm like, oh my gosh, Alicia, another step forward in this eating journey. Thank you, Michelle Lau. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Amazing, amazing. Well, I can,
0: like I said, I could talk to you all day, but I don't want to keep you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's so many things you have to do, but if you could share with everyone again where they can find you um, and, you know, on social media or, you know, where you know wherever you are so they can do this amazing work that you, you know, and work with you.
1: So... Uh, you can find me on Instagram at law nutrition, or you can go to my website, lolnutrition.com Um, I don't know if Alicia, if you add any links here, I also have a free guide yeah. called what are you truly hungry for? And so that guide will help you discern between true and emotional hunger and give you a few journaling prompts to start off with. So if you want, you can add that link. It's, yeah. a, it's a free resource to sort of get you started on this journey. So mm-hmm. it's step-by-step. Step, so it's not overwhelming, so I think, yeah, basically on Instagram and my website are really great. Even the uh-huh. link in bio on my Instagram, um, there's other resources there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And there's also, I also do like a free masterclass. Um, I've been doing it every week where we can dive deeper if, you know, if, if you want to sort of see the overview of how this pattern really plays out. And that's also another free resource.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I share all that in the show notes, y'all. So it will definitely be there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so, so much for coming back on the podcast. It's always a treat to have your energy and just, you know, (laughs) it's just amazing information. So, like, this is a blessing. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, I hope this, like, was, like, helpful and gave, like, gave you some ahas and Mm -hmm. um, just sort of, yeah, just sort of see the deeper roots of this pattern and, like, feel empowered to move forward.
0: I I listen, I can only speak for myself. It definitely gave me all the ahas, and I I just have to just, seriously, and I have to just keep moving forward. This was amazing. So, thank you so much. No problem. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for having me. Oh, anytime. Like, seriously, like, (laughs) I, uh, it could be the Michelle Lau show at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I'd
1: love to come on again. Let me know what, whatever else we could discuss. I'd love uh, around emotional eating.
0: Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Such a blessing. Y'all, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eating Me podcast. I will see y'all next week. Thank you so much again, Michelle. This was awesome. you welcome. <laughs> see ya. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eating Me podcast. I am so happy that you all keep coming back to listen to these awesome conversations and so please if you have not please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't rated or reviewed the show please take the time to rate and review the show these conversations mean so much to me and I hope they mean that much to you so definitely continue to rate and review start rating and reviewing and continue to share or start sharing the podcast with those that you love or those that you're trying to love. (laughs) All right, y'all. I'll see y'all in the next episode. I love you. Bye.